0: morning again, everyone. It's great to be with you and welcome to InTown. I'm so glad that you made it here uh, safely. It was a bit of an adventure getting here for us this morning. Um, I uh, am taking a little bit of a downtime in the month of January from preaching. Um, I think I preached 50 out of 52 Sundays last year, and you guys have probably heard from me enough. I think it's good to hear from some different voices. And so this week, Brian Jansen is going to preach on the passage that was just read, Next week, uh, Richard White will be preaching, and I can't get my microphone to stay on, but um, he has informed uh, Matt and I that he may go off his notes, that he hasn't preached in a while, and he may just kind of meander. So it probably will be a bit interesting. So I hope that you'll be here. No telling what he might say. Um, So, uh, and then the following week, my good friend, uh, Rod Miles, who actually preached my installation service eight years ago, uh, will be preaching for us. He's at Grace Marin uh, down in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he'll be here. Um, the last week of, of January. So I'm looking forward to each of these, and I hope you are as well. Um, Brian and Faith Jansen, as you know, are members of this church for quite a long time and then left to move their family to Taiwan and are doing some really exciting work there. Um, Brian is working with college students uh, on local campuses, and Faith is working with short-term missionaries, short-term trips that are coming to Taiwan to assist them and assess, assist the ministry of OMF, There's a lot of information on the back table, uh, some pins and some stickers if you guys are uh, so inclined, as well as a way to sign up to be on their mailing list and uh, learn more about their ministry. So, Brian, we're so grateful. I am grateful for you to be here uh, for us, and we're excited to have you. Thank you.
1: Occasionally on TV. And so, uh, I hate to say it, but I did pray for snow. (laughs) If you have any other prayer requests, feel free to come talk to me. Uh, As was said, we have some information at the back. Uh, I give these out like candy. Uh, They're great for your refrigerator. Or actually, I like to think of it this way. A refrigerator is great for this. Read the back... Um, aren't the type of people that are crafty and don't have um, magnets? Just use tape and stick it on there. Just read the back first. Hope you're off to a good start to the new year. And I hope that God's blessing in your life is felt through this year. Hope it's a great year for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this psalm that we will look at today. We thank you for the truth of your word, how no matter what we go through, you are our good shepherd. You don't leave us. We're not alone. You love us, you care for us, and you've shown us in your word, but you've also shown us through your actions. Our love back to you is merely a response to the love that we've been shown. I pray, Father, today that you... Um, Allow this scripture to come alive and that people are able to see it again in a new way. We've heard these words before, Lord, and let them, let us encounter them today and be impacted by them. We thank you for your love for us that is unchanging. Let us be touched by you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are going to look at Psalm 23. Probably one of the most well-known passages in Scripture. Uh, For literally thousands of years, this psalm has given comfort to people. So why is this psalm so comforting? I think it goes back to recognizing that God is not distant. Whatever you are going through, whatever you have gone through, whatever you will go through, you are not alone. Uh, I remember years ago, I put my daughter down to bed. And for those of you with kids, you recognize this moment where you're trying to get down the stairs and you're like, please, please be asleep. And I'm almost down the stairs and I hear, Daddy? Okay, so it's back into her room and she says to me, Daddy, I'm scared of the dark. So, what do I do? I turn on the light and I walk away. No, I didn't do that. I just tell her, don't be scared of the dark. No, I didn't do that either. I got down beside my daughter and I said to her, Daddy's downstairs. I reminded her of what she already knew Daddy's downstairs. You're not alone. What I'm doing today is the same thing. Your Heavenly Father is here. You're not alone. You see, we grow up and we move our fears from being scared of the dark or other problems that seem maybe trivial as we get older to work-related problems, relationship-related problems, health-care-related problems, family problems, fill-in-the-blank problems. And our fears and our anxiety can build. So many people wake up with heavy burdens. So many people go go to bed at night and stare at the ceiling, stressed, fearful about the next day. And yet this psalm answers this important question, can I trust that God will be with me? And it gives us a resounding yes. God is with us, providing for us, guiding us, and protecting us through the good times and the difficult times. The great God of the universe, the great big powerful God of creation, is your shepherd with you today. And I think we need to be reminded of this. In Taiwan, uh, many, many people are very religious. Uh, You contrast the worship of Taiwan and the gods that people worship in Taiwan with what we see here. Many people in Taiwan will go to the temples. And I think I mentioned this last time when I preached. But they will go offering in hand To the temples, to the same temple that they go to every week, and they will say their name, tell their address, and say, This is the blessing that I want. So I, hello, my name is Brian Jansen. I live at 2304 Northeast 106th Street. I need this. And then they hope, they hope that something happens. But they don't know if that God will care enough to do something. They don't know if their offering is strong enough. They don't know if the God even cares to do something. I had a um, a landlord, and I lived in the, when we, our family lived in the city of Taizong. And he um, told me he was. We, we met weekly, or uh, maybe maybe every couple weeks. Uh, it was supposed to be language exchange, but some people just aren't the best people for language exchange. So he was fluent in English, so we spoke English. And I thought, I'll learn about culture for, from him. And he told me he was going to the temple, a specific temple, to make offerings for his daughter's exams. He said, oh, this week is going to be packed. Everybody's going to this temple. I said, well, is your daughter not going? It's like this, If this is the temple you go to for exams, why is she not going? He goes, oh, no, she's too busy studying. I said, does it help? And he looks at me and goes, I don't know, but it's what we do. It's just what we do. You contrast that with the God of the Bible, the God of Scripture, and how we are repeatedly told God has a relationship with us. Instead of a hope, just a whimsical hope, maybe something can happen. And this same um, friend of mine said once, he goes, you know, I don't even really believe this. I said, but you do it consistently. He says, yeah, it's just what we do. So something in him believes it. And I think it's just this hope. So when in Taiwan, when you tell somebody, uh, Jesus loves you, yesu aini, it's like, what? A God that loves? It's foreign to their mindset. A God that loves. Now, in this psalm, one thing that makes it so personal is the pronouns. Me, my, I. There's no we or us or they in this in this passage. Now, we do see these through other psalms. psalms psalm 79, 13 says, But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Psalm 95, 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. So it's very common to hear the plural, we are God's people. But in this case, it's not in that way. It's me, this is for you. The Lord is my shepherd. So don't make this some abstract theological thought. Oh, yeah, God is a shepherd and I'm a sheep. Okay, yeah, I got it. This time it's personal. I think, I think this should be your motto for 2017. I want this to be my motto for 2017. The Lord is my shepherd. This summer, at the end of June, my family will move back to Taiwan. It's really stressful moving, period. Moving overseas is extremely stressful. The visa requirements, shipping things, planning, transition. I need to hold to this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. My family needs to hold to this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I don't know what your 2017 holds, but I know it holds something. You need to hold to this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. Make it your motto for 2017. And the reality is, we are all like sheep. Sheep, sheep have a terrible reputation. I, you know, Nobody says, oh, those are some sh- smart sheep. Everybody talks about how dumb these animals are. You can't find, like, you don't ever see somebody say, oh, look at my sheep. It can shake a paw or a hoof. Now that I say that, you'll pro- probably go to YouTube. It's out there, I'm sure. Or, you know, oh, look at the sheep. Sit. You know, fetch. It's a sheep. We're compared to sheep. Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. That's what sheep are prone to do. Turn their own way. That's why we need a shepherd. Part of recognizing we need a shepherd is recognizing we are sheep. Our sheep-likeness. So as we head into 2017, recognize your sheepness. Today, specifically, I want to look at this psalm, and I want to look at how God provides, how he guides, and how he protects us. And remembering that through these three actions, guides, provides, protects. The foundation is his presence. So look, uh, you can grab your bulletin if you like. look at the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This second phrase, lack nothing, I lack nothing, shows that God's sheep will never lack what God considers is good for them. Now, if you look at your life, maybe you feel like you lack things. Financial, health, health. But by God's standard, if you have him, you lack nothing. He knows what your needs are better than you do. If the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. God cares for your true needs. This concept is spoken of in Philippians 4.19. Here Paul writes, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. following on down to the next two verses. In verses 2 and 3, David writes about how God provides for the needs of his people. God makes his sheep lie down in green pastures, and he leads them beside quiet waters. By doing this, he provides rest for his people. In our busy, hectic world, find a calmness and a rest in God. Our God is a rest-giving God. And there is a rest that we can get in God and in this relationship that is not found in experiences. I realized this recently after a Christmas vacation. Have you ever come back from a vacation more tired? Yeah. You sort of think, okay, if I just had time, or if I could just lie down, I'd be rested. And you go on a vacation, and you are exhausted afterwards sometimes. There is a rest we find in God that is not found in vacation. It's not found in things. It's not found in an extra sleep. Now, that it is good to have a Sunday afternoon snooze, right? But there is a different rest that is found in God. It's rest for our soul. God wants us to come and find our rest in him. It was Jesus who said in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When people came to Jesus tired, he didn't say, go and try harder. said, come and have rest. God will provide what you need, and as he does so, you can find your rest in him. The green meadows and the quiet waters are places where sheep can be nourished and find peace. They are places in comfort. It should not be a surprise that the next phrase is, he restores my soul. This is good news. The restoration of our soul. And it's something we all need to remember as we focus on our shepherd. He restores my soul. God as your shepherd not only provides for your needs, secondly, he guides you. As God's sheep, you are provided for and cared for so that you may have strength to walk the path that God has given you. Verse 4, or Sorry, the end of verse 3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Up to this point in the chapter, God, your shepherd, is caring for your needs. Here, he is giving you direction for the path that you need to take. The Christian life is not only about having God provide for you as one of his sheep. It's about moving forward. Going along the right paths. His guidance in our lives is guidance that teaches us and teaches us to live rightly. Before my family moved to Taiwan, I was a teacher, I taught Bible in a Christian school. And it's amazing when you teach Bible at a Christian school, how many young people think that God somehow is going to use you to tell them what college to go to. Like you have some divine um, college-given ability. Oh, this is where God wants you to go. And I was amazed when they would come to me and they're like, I'm thinking about going to this school or this school. And they'd be working it through. And I would explain to them, most important decision you make is, are you going to be following God which, when you get to either one of those colleges? And the, the response would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. So which one should I go to? Pick one. They both look great. Work hard. Choose a school. Well, tell me which one to go to. I was like, well, pray about it, and we can look into the details. But sometimes I found we had young people who wanted all the guidance of God, but didn't want the guider in their life. Tell me what to do, but don't tell me how to live. So their eyes were always focused on the next decision ahead, but not looking up and realizing that their good shepherd is there, guiding them. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Take a step. Stand in the light and keep moving forward. Make decisions. Or we have young people who would be so paralyzed with fear. What if I make the wrong decision? Well, that's hard, too. Keep following God. Boy, I felt that when we got to Taiwan and we started hitting some hardships. You start saying, Lord, is this right? Where are you in all of this? Keep following God. He guides down paths of righteousness. So the decision isn't always, what should I do in regards to this? It's, am I following him? i making the little decisions today to do what is right. And he will be with you. I know he's going to be with you. Look at the end of this verse, verse 3. He guides me along paths of right, a righteous right path for his namesake. So, why is he guiding you? For his namesake. Oh, that's pretty secure that he will continue to guide you if it's for his namesake. That's a pretty strong motivation. So, let me encourage you to continue to make decisions and to continue to stay in the right path, making the small decisions. Will I follow God today? will help you with the big decisions. For us, most of us, it's not which college to go to, but there are other big decisions we are facing in our life. Stay in the right path, and know that he will guide you. So he provides and he protects. Third, God is present, so he provides and he guides. And third is, he is present and protects you through difficult times. Look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, if you're like me, and you, often we hear this, um, the darkest valley is also the valley of the shadow of death. I'd prefer if it said something like, even though I walk around the darkest valley, even though I go through the valley of slightly uncomfortable feelings, even though I can see the valley from over here, I'm not going to go over there. Rather be here, thank you very much. The valley of the shadow of death, or the darkest valley, does not sound like a place anybody should go. If my kids were here, I'd say, don't go, that's the valley of the shadow of death. We'll stay away from that. And yet our shepherd leads us through it. This is sometimes where you will go. This is sometimes where you will need to go. Sometimes you'll wake up and you'll find yourself there. And the valley of the shadow of death is as much a part of God's right path as the green pastures in the quiet waters. And his presence is every bit with you as much in the valley of the shadow of death as the green pastures in the quiet waters. Christian life is not always easy. Uh, there are challenging times spent in the valley of the shadow of death. Trials and temptations come. Character grows. Challenges are faced. Look to your shepherd. Realize he is with you. You know, I've heard there are three different types of people in regards to suffering. Uh, Those who have suffered, those who are suffering, and those who will suffer. Nobody gets a bypass through the valley of the shadow of death. We go through it. My mom, uh, shortly after her mother passed away, pointed out this passage, and she goes, I find a lot of hope in this word, through. I'm glad I'm not going to stay here. And by God's grace, I'm going through it. God does get us through it. And sometimes the valley of the shadow of death is actually when you do face death, or when a loved one faces death. Our family had been in Taiwan for less than a month when we received a phone call that Faith's mother had been diagnosed with uh, stage 4 lung cancer. It's hard to put into words how hard this is to go through uh, in the midst of cultural transition and feeling the distance. Uh, We remained in Taiwan for about another six months, and then we returned to the U.S. for three months of compassion leave. As our family walked... our walked with my mother-in-law through the valley of shadow of death. We felt sorrow, and we felt God's presence. Through the use of an experimental drug and by God's grace, my mother-in-law was able to gain strength physically, and we were able to go out and spend a lot of good times with her. We also saw that as her body uh, declined from the cancer, that God gave her um, strength in her soul and gave her peace. Uh, and the end of her valley of shadow of death was to enter into his presence and God carried her there and he carried us as well we saw many times through it signposts of God's grace in the midst of the valley ways of just saying okay, God is here we returned to Taiwan uh, my mother-in-law we said goodbye to her and ten days after we had returned to Taiwan she she passed away. The night that she passed away, we bought a ticket for Faith um, to fly, fly back to the U.S. the following day to be back for the funeral. We, we didn't have a car in Taiwan yet, and so we called uh, the missionary that was in charge of missionaries in our area, and we said, Faith's mother has passed away now, and she will be, Faith will be returning back to the U.S. to take part in the funeral. And uh, we said, we don't know how we're going to get to the airport. And that missionary said, I, I'm flying out. We, we had no clue she was flying out to, to Germany. She goes, I'm flying out. We checked the times, and she was flying out five minutes after faith. Um, and during our most difficult day, um, God provided somebody to walk with faith. And sometimes as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God's presence will be a person who is brought alongside to care for you and to love you through it. God is with our family. And I'm sure that many of you who have gone through challenging valleys have seen those sign points of grace in the midst of the valley to say, yes, my shepherd is here. He he has not left me. If you're currently feeling that you're in the valley of the shadow of death, remember you are not alone. You will go through it, and God will be with you. Your security in life lies not in your situation, but in your Shepherd. While this psalm teaches us that the Lord is our shepherd, in the New Testament, Jesus takes this term shepherd and in a beautiful way applies it to himself. In John 10, 14 and 15, Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Amazing comparison we see in this passage. Jesus compares how he knows his sheep and how they know him to how the father knows him and he knows the father. That's the depth of this relationship. Jesus then goes on to describe what he does for the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. It is because of what Jesus has done as our good shepherd that we are allowed to be in his, this relationship with God. Jesus went to the cross and carried the sins of his sheep. This relationship is eternal, but it starts here and now. Our shepherd never left us. When Jesus is our Savior, we find the comfort that comes from being in a relationship with God. Peace in this world is because of God's presence with us, not in our circumstances. So, today, hold on to this, let it just be a reminder the Lord is my shepherd. True, the Lord is our shepherd. But today, I want you to hear the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. He leads you beside quiet waters. And he also takes you through the valley of the shadow of death. The God of the universe is a God that loves you so much, he will not leave you. Today, today, Tomorrow, ever, look to your shepherd, feel his presence, and may you thrive in 2017 as he is with you. Let's pray. Father, our hope in this world is not built on wishful thinking. Our hope in this world is grounded in knowing that you are with us at all times. You never leave us. Allow us uh, to come to you and to find the comfort of knowing that you are shepherd. You are our shepherd. You are my shepherd. We thank you, Father, for who you are and for what you have done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.